You can find my podcast and other podcasts similar to mine on the Christian podcast community at podcast.strivingforeternity.org. The Ear, Evangelical and Reformed, Christian Podcast. Welcome to The Ear, the Evangelical and Reformed, a Christian podcast that urges you to think deeper and draws you closer to God through faith. Through powerful sermons, teaching segments, and discussions, The Ear hopes to give you a different perspective on secular topics from a Christian worldview. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Please welcome your host, Brandon Queen. Good morning, podcast world. Welcome back to yet another episode of The Ear. Welcome back to our series on Asking Jesus, a guide to help us through Lent. Um, I am privileged to have with us the Reverend Dr. Garrett Dawson, the author of Asking Jesus. And this week, we're going to talk about Zacchaeus. All right. So let me get to week three in the book. By the way, guys, the book is laid out very, very well. A uh, very beautiful book. <clears throat> so, Zacchaeus, what a wee little man is he, right? <laughs> there you go. All right. Small man complex. Yeah, well, we call that, yeah, little man complex or, uh, I'm not going to say. <laughs> There's other stuff that, he's, that, you know, small people are called. But anyhow, um, let, let's talk about, let's, give us the history of Zacchaeus for a second. Sure. By the way, good morning, Brandon. Uh, it's great to be uh, pursuing these stories with you, and I hope that your listeners are having a great time um, looking at the questions we asked Jesus and how he replied. So Zacchaeus, as you might remember from Luke 19, was a tax collector, uh, so he worked as for the Roman government, taxing God's people uh, in the city of Jericho. Uh, Jericho was a, was a big and bustling town, and Luke wants us to know that Zacchaeus had made a lot of money uh, off of his tax collecting franchise. Oh, wow. And from my recollection, uh, of course, when I was a kid, the story they told about Zacchaeus was, you know, um, tax collectors in general were not liked people, if you will, uh, during that time frame. Um, And I guess the people felt as if they were being swindled out of more money than they should have been paying or the taxes was too high to where they couldn't actually support their own families. Uh, So looking at Zacchaeus, you know, he's that that guy that, oh, I work for the government. I got to come take your money. I don't want to take your money, but I have to do my job. And while I'm doing my job, I'm going to make sure that I'm set up pretty well, too. Yep. You know, and and I think that was the practice for tax collectors back in the day. Right, because um, they had to collect what Rome said they had to collect, but anything they added on to your tax bill beyond that uh, lined their own pockets. Uh, And they had Roman soldiers to back up their claim. So he was making a hefty profit off of his people. That's a lot. That's a lot. So uh, Zacchaeus, uh, was he Jewish? He was. He would have been Jewish, yes. And interestingly, you know, the name Zacchaeus is a lot, is a variation of the name Zachariah, which means righteous one. So that was a really an ironic name to have to be called the righteous one when you're swindling God's people out of their money. 
Yeah, very much so. <laughs> All right. So what are some of the questions? Um, now, we also know that Zacchaeus, um, Jesus visited him at his home and dined with him or ate with him, if you will. Yes. Can we enlighten on that story a little bit? Yeah, sure. And it's interesting in the whole, you know, 42 passages of uh, asking Jesus, this is the one where it's Jesus who actually initiates a request from somebody else rather than vice versa. Though Zacchaeus had, in a sense, asked a question by his great desire to see Jesus. He heard that Jesus was coming through town and there was a huge crowd that came out because Jesus had quite a reputation as a healer and a teacher by that time. And, you know, an occupied people who are under the authority of another government can't do much successfully to rebel, like they couldn't lead an armed rebellion of resistance. But when one of their little tax collectors wants to get through a crowd, uh, a bunch of big burly carpenters and fishermen and farmers who were there could quite easily have prevented Zacchaeus from moving through the crowd without a word being said. Right. So that you get this picture of this very self-important little guy trying to get through, and somehow he cannot find his way uh, to see Jesus. So in his desperation, Zacchaeus climbs a tree. And, you know, kids love the story because who climbs trees? Children. Kids do, right? <laughs> yeah. um, adults almost never climb trees. And what I think is so fun about this, I, I was a tree climber as a child. And I had some trees that I would climb in, in Miami where I grew up, you know, almost every afternoon I would go up and sit there and I would think and pray and, and read the Bible. I was a strange kid. But what I noticed was that adults never, ever looked up into a tree. I mean, you could hide in plain sight if you were above them in a tree because adults don't look up. So it's striking to me that in this story, Jesus looks up and sees Zacchaeus. So here's this guy, this dignified, rich, but hated guy who's climbed a tree to get a look at Jesus, and Jesus spots him. Hmm. Yeah, that that's very ironic in a sense. And, and nothing Jesus does, obviously, is ironic, <clears throat> you know, but the fact that Jesus sought out this, uh, in my term, what would be considered a horrible person, uh, a yeah. person of the government that nobody likes— you know, Jesus looks up to this guy and basically calls him by name and says, you, uh, I'm going to eat at your house. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and so that's the, that's the request that Jesus makes of Zacchaeus. And you, you think about it. If Jesus was coming to town, all the merchants and the wealthy people, they wanted Jesus, the celebrity, you know, to stay with them. Just like I remember when um, President Obama was coming to Baton Rouge, the big question was, you know, where's he going to have lunch today? What restaurant will be able to say forever the president ate here? And he went to a little like hole in the wall uh, sandwich shop in downtown Baton Rouge. But that place, poor boy Lloyd's, has gotten a lot of status from that. <laughs> yeah. So here's Jesus who declines any other invitation. And he says, Zacchaeus, you're the most hated man in town. I want to stay at your house. <laughs> right. Right. So <clears throat> I do want to step back um, real quick. You have a title for one of the days. Uh, Shall I look for another? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I want to attempt to tie those two stories together. You know, shall I look for another? Um, what did you mean by that when you wrote that? And, and I'll let you answer that real quick. 
Sure. So that's the story uh, about John the Baptist, who was imprisoned by Herod uh, for pointing out some of the ruler's sins, um, which, you know, you get in trouble when you uh, challenge the authorities. And he was wondering, sitting in jail, you know, I thought I was proclaiming the Messiah who was to come to set everything right and restore Israel to prominence and clean up the world. And here I am sitting in Herod's jail. So John sent some of his disciples to Jesus to say, are you the one or should we be looking for another? Hmm. In other words, it's the question we ask when we go, is Jesus the person I should be following or is there some other person I should follow to find satisfaction in life or to find some peace and fulfillment, to find some hope? It's a great question. Is Jesus the one or should we look for another? Right. Now, at the beginning of week three um, in the book, you, you know, you titled it Later Ministry. And then you have the question, and this is directly from Mark and Luke, where Jesus asked the question, who do you say I am? Mm-hmm. And what I want to what I, what I want to do next is what does Zacchaeus say Jesus was? Yeah, that's that's so good, Brandon, because you're connecting, you know, all these questions about Jesus identity from his own cousin who's saying, hey, are you really the one or is this not working out like it should to Jesus then asking his disciples, hey, what are people saying about me and what do you say about me? And then switching it over to to Zacchaeus, who thinks that Jesus is so important that he's willing to risk his dignity um, and his status to climb a tree to see him. So even though Zacchaeus doesn't make a proclamation, hey, Jesus, you're the son of God, or hey, Jesus, you know, you're the one we waited for. It's his actions that say, I want to be with you more than anyone else. Yeah. So when Jesus says, hey, I'm coming to your house, Zacchaeus makes a huge feast. And without even being told to repent, he says, look, if I've defrauded anybody, I'm going to pay him back. I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. I'm like Scrooge on Christmas Day who wakes up and realizes it's not over. He changes his life without even being asked to just because Jesus has shown him love and wanting to be with him. But that's that's the joy. And that's what the mm-hmm. presence of Jesus Christ can do to a person, even to the non-believer. And it takes that little bit of hope and that little bit of trust, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, like Zacchaeus, a small man, you know, he may have been may have been five, six, five, five, you know, pushing it a very, you know, sharp man in stature climbs this tree to see hope. If you will, yeah, beautifully said. You know, like beautifully I'm, said. I'm, I'm looking for hope, and and that's what I love about this story, uh, especially during the season of Lent. Uh, you know, we we talked about uh, the first episode. You know, with Mardi Gras, you, you get all your sins out that day uh, or or that time frame, and then you stop cold turkey, and you're looking for hope, if you will, or, or you're mm-hmm. looking for that forgiveness. And Zacchaeus is not only looking for forgiveness, he's looking for a hope. And with that hope, he wants to change his life. With that hope, he wants to continue to do good for other people to where, hmm, my sins have been forgiven. Now, how can I keep that sustainable? And the only way I can do that is to put my trust and hope and my belief in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Yeah, and you know, to make a connection to um, the fact that this is um, evangelical and Reformed, uh, John Calvin, it's great to bring Calvin into these stories, he talked about the difference between um, legal repentance 
and evangelical repentance. You know, legal repentance is what John the Baptist was preaching. Repent of your sins in order to be forgiven. And that's often how we think of it. Okay, if I clean up my act, then God will accept me. But Calvin says the gospel is about evangelical repentance. The declaration, your sins have been forgiven, therefore start acting out of that new knowledge and acting in a new way. Yeah. The one is conditional. Hey, I better better do this, make myself do this in order to get saved. The other is, Christ has declared me forgiven. He's come to my house and wants to be with me now in response out of my heart instead of out of a should and ought. I want to live right. You're right. So when you look at it, you know, we're born with original sin. You know, you yep. got you got people that argue that, <laughs> you know, that everybody's born innocent, but we're born with that original sin. OK, and let's just say Zacchaeus. Yes, even though he was Jewish, um, obviously sinned his entire life. And then he got a job that furthered his sinning capabilities, if you will. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. he climbs that tree and he looks at hope. He's like, oh, second chance, renewal, refreshing. I need to take this second chance at life. And not by Zacchaeus' doing, but by his calling, by the tugging of his heart that God says, all right, Zacchaeus, you've lived a life of sin long enough. You're mine. Today, you will see your Savior. And he sees Jesus and all of a sudden he, he wants to change. So he obeys the tugging at his heart from God to follow Christ. So beautiful. Yeah, just what in the Reformed faith we call effectual calling. Yes. You know, the Holy Spirit moves in us, not to do it for us, but to move us to do what we can't do by ourselves, but must do for ourselves, which is to say, Jesus, you've got to be my Savior because I can't save myself. Um, you've got to be my Lord because I can't run my life. Yeah. And I mean, just to bring it back around to your, your question, if, if John the Baptist was asking, are you the one? And Jesus was saying, who do you say that I am? At the end of this story with Zacchaeus, when the people are questioning why Jesus would let Zacchaeus you know, back into the fold, Jesus identifies himself as the son of man who came to seek and to save the lost. Hmm. And, and he says, this is, this is who I am. I'm the God who seeks the lost. I don't wait for them to come to me. I go to them. And I tell you, Zacchaeus is also now a son of Abraham. He's back in the fold, baby. Yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. <clears throat> you know, so during during this season of Lent, you know, we can sit here and talk about different Bible stories and whatnot. How does the story of Zacchaeus uh, tie into this season, if you will? And, and, you know, to my listeners, even to the ones that don't observe Lent and they think that, you know, uh, we shouldn't have. Uh, a time where we heighten our prayer, we heighten this or whatever, you know, I get what you're saying. You have a, a valid argument. However, you know, how does the story of Zacchaeus play into the season of Lent for the church? That's a great question. It's really fun to think about what Zacchaeus does in this story and how it relates to sort of um, heightened discipline in Lent. You know, on the one hand, there's this <clears throat> positive thing that he does. He goes to a place where he can see Jesus. It's like, oh, okay. If the season of Lent is about getting ready to know Jesus better and celebrate his resurrection at Easter, 
how do I go to a place where I can see Jesus more clearly? Oh, yeah, maybe I should go to church this week and not just watch online or sleep in. <laughs> um, how do I see Jesus more clearly? Ah, oh, maybe I really should read my Bible for a f- more time every day because that's where he makes himself known. Um, so there's the positive things of let me go look at Jesus more during Lent and see if he's passing by and listen to hear him call my name. Right. But then the second thing Zacchaeus does after he sees Jesus is um, it's a kind of a negative discipline. He says, hey, I've been accumulating too much for myself. It's time for me to give away to the poor. It's time for me to share my wealth. It's time to me to make amends to people I may have wronged. So positively, I'm taking more time with Jesus. Um, Discipline-wise, I'm saying this is the time. This is the season where I need to go seek forgiveness if I've hurt somebody or return something if I've stolen it or um, deny myself something if I've accumulated a lot of cash and haven't given to any of God's missions in a while. It's time to give out something in response to who Christ is. Yeah, man, that's powerful. Now, I want to step back to um, Monday's reading, Uh, you know, and it's titled, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, so and and I'll say this, you know, there are times when uh, before we get into our questions um, with the Zacchaeus stories, but there's there's times when, you know, the, the Christian has a moment of unbelief. And the way I like to look at Lent, and and I'm not using Lent as a way to say, I'm going to pray more, I'm going to read my Bible more, what have you, you know. So right now, before I started doing the podcast with you, um, during the season of Lent, my my uh, observation period, if you will, I was going to, or I still do it, wake up, say a prayer, I pray for the people in my life that I love dearly, um, you know, I pray for family. Uh, very close friends, jobs, all that yeah. good stuff. And then I open up the Bible and I pick a psalm and I read a psalm every morning. That's okay? wonderful. And it, it doesn't matter. I just open up the book of Psalms and I pick one and I read it. And last Monday or no, last Friday, I'm sorry. Psalm 103 was the psalm that I came across, you know, where it mm. basically Hang on one second. I'm going to pull it up because I want to read it. But it's one of those Psalms that every time I read it, it actually gives me chills because, man, if I can trust in a God that does all of this, um, what? why am I worrying? Why am I having these issues with doubt? Yeah. You know, what am I thinking? <laughs> so hang on one second. It starts off sure. with this Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Hmm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Let me say that part again. Forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity and heals all of your diseases. Who redeems you from the life. I'm sorry, who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Wow. So beautiful. Wow. Like uh, here I am having moments of unbelief, but if I just step back and I step away from 
what I think should be right and what I think should be perfect. And I pray and then I bless the Lord for all that he's already done for me, doing for me and going to do for me. Then I, too, will look like Zacchaeus almost every day of my life because I'm such a horrible sinner climbing the tree to look for Jesus. And the fact that he gives us all these blessings, I mean, so we often we think, ah, oh, I got to work so hard today. I got so much resistance. I got people that don't like me. I've got I'm tired. And I say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Read Psalm 103 and consider what is it that you have in Christ? What is the blessing he gives you? It's like who pardons all your iniquities, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, crowns you with steadfast love and faithfulness. Um, right. You sort of you think about that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, which I think is probably based on Psalm 103. I think the uh, third verse says, Pardon from sin and a peace that endureth, thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide, strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow, blessings all mine and 10,000 beside. Hmm. Great is thy faithfulness. It's like, wow, that's what I have in Jesus? I got to start living more joyfully. Right. And look, and ironically today, I, I opened up and I'm on Psalm 100 where it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> so now I want to get into the questions. Um, so when we read the story of Zacchaeus and we, we're reading your devotional, who's asking? And we know it's Zacchaeus. Okay. So what's the question within the question? Yeah, I think with with Zacchaeus, the the question within the question is, you know, is there room for somebody like me? Um, Do you see me Um, or am I going to be overlooked? Just the way the the crowd judged me to be somebody not worth making room for. Um, Once all the trappings of my money and power weren't needed, I was judged unworthy. And so what I want to know, Jesus, is do you, do you see me? Do you, do you want me as one of your own still? Right. Could I ever live up to my name? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. All right. Well, that is all I have, but I want the listeners to remember Luke eleven thirteen, where it says, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? During this season of Lent, we understand, you know, we're not we're not Catholic uh, in the sense of the Roman Catholic Church and the way they practice Lent. But we are Catholic in a sense that we're a universal church. And during this season of Lent, this reminder, if you will, we ought to remember our sins. We ought to be more like Zacchaeus looking for Jesus. But when Jesus says all is forgiven, we need to live a life that is you know, pleasing to him and where it shows people and it shows the world that we are a peculiar people set apart. We're different. We're consecrated. We're not of this world. We're not residents of this world, if you will. You know, so during this season, I am calling on a heightened sense of prayer, more prayer. I am calling on us to, you know, give something up, if you will, you know, give up some worldly things that easily entangles us. That's what I'm asking for. Do you have any closing thoughts, Dr. Garrett? I think that's all well said, Brandon. And um, it's um, just exciting to me to have read through Psalm 103 with all the riches that are given to us. And what a what a wonderful exchanger God is. It's like, trade me your emptiness 
you know, for my sense of blessing and fulfillment. Trade me your sin for forgiveness. Trade me your anxiety for peace. It's like, well, I want to do deals with him because he's the, he's the great giver. So, right. Yeah. And thanks for bringing that up. I mean, we can we can honestly say Jesus makes bad deals. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, for our yeah. good, but not you know. But yeah, mm-hmm. look, Lent is something that we should practice every year, and I would love to see you know the the church do it all year round. But during its season of heightened, if you will, or microscopic looking down on. Let's take this time to pray more. We got we got a couple more weeks together. Where we can just be praying heavily. Um, and in the next episode, I'm going to challenge the listeners to join me from this from that day on to the end of this series uh, to a very unique uh, challenge, if you will. So stay tuned for that. That is all I have. Thank you for joining us and God bless. You have reached the end of yet another episode from The Ear. We hope that God's word remains on the ears of the listeners. We pray that this podcast would urge you to go forth and spread his good news to the world. Thank you for tuning in. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. See you at the next episode. God bless you and may his glory shine upon you.